Deathloop is GameSpot's Game of the Year for 2021. So to join me to talk about how we landed at this decision, as well as why we love this game so much, I've got Tamur Hussein, who reviewed the game, uh, managing mm -hmm. editor of GameSpot. Hi, Tam. Hi, how are we doing? Game of the Do Year, let's go. I'm sure there will be no dissent. I'm sure no one in the comments will have other things to say about this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is GameSpot's Game of the Year 2021 in a year packed with a lot of contenders. Uh, we thought mm -hmm. it was going to be uh, a lighter year um, mm. and it definitely for a long time felt like a lighter year. But when it came to sitting down um, and talking over the best uh, games of the year, it was surprisingly jam packed and it was a close race. And ultimately what swung it was a lot of heartfelt, a lot of emotional, and a lot of passionate discussions. Um, so for people who might want some insight into into kind of the format, we take the Game of the Year discussion quite seriously. Obviously not too seriously, because we are people who love games and don't want it to escalate into some weird nonsense. But <laughs> like, we spent weeks uh, kind of collating everyone's top tens. We worked to give them all a ranking and collating points uh, attached to them, depending on where they appeared in top 10 rankings. And then gathered together um, across multiple time zones, uh, multiple days, and talked through each of the games one by one and presented cases for why they think they should be in the top 10. Um, not in the top 10, in the top five. And then ultimately we all made a case for games as game of the year. And um, based on the discussions, Deathloop came out as number one. Um, and I'm glad that it did. Yeah, me too. So uh, we're here today to chat a little bit about it because I think you and I are the biggest sort of arcane fans on staff, certainly two of the most vocal people when we were having the deliberations. Overall, I mean, it was the clear standout game of the year for me. I was so, I just unbelievably impressed with it. And I think what really struck me about Deathloop is just how elegant it is and how in a year of time loop games, like we had what we had um, Forgotten City Loop Hero in a way, I guess you could say is a sort of time loop game. This like Deathloop managed to stand above the crowd. And I think the way that did that is that it was so elegant. It had the potential to be a very confusing affair but the way that it was laid out, the way that its systems worked and fed into each other and constantly felt like you were having meaningful progression, as well as on top of it all, having like a cast of characters who I think for arcane games in particular were way more human and you could identify with them more than ever. And like the fact that Colt was an amnesic hitman assassin who is who's you know kind of learning about the world as much as you are with him it just it was all this really compelling package that i loved so so much and i say that as a huge fan of arcane games it was amazing to see this sort of evolution of things that they've done before and it all work out so well for Deathloop. uh but tam you reviewed the game for us uh and it was also like any other hint that this might get game of the year it did get a 10 out of 10 from us a coveted 10 out of 10 can you Go through, you know, what that review process was like, as well as why you feel Deathloop was so deserving, not just of Game of the Year, but of that, that 10 out of 10. Yeah, so before we jump into that, as a point of clarification, 10 out of 10 doesn't mean perfection. Um, there's a lot of, there was a lot of 
dissent towards us giving, and there always is giving a game a 10 out of 10, and that's fine. People have different opinions of things. But the important thing to remind people is 10 out of 10 doesn't mean perfection. It means to me something exceptional and something that I feel like everyone or you should make an effort to experience this because it's important. And that's how I approach it. 10 means different things to different people. And generally we take what we think that that means to them and filter it toward through our own GameSpot requirements to make sure that they match. Um, you know, sometimes a 10 out of 10 to one person might not be a 10 out of 10 to the GameSpot scale. But in the case of Deathloop, it was both 10 out of 10 to me as a person and what I look for in games. And it also met the criteria for being something that GameSpot would highlight as a 10 out of 10 game. And um, I think the... My review is up and I think that it still kind of speaks um, to why I feel I, you, sometimes you have reviews where you write it and then you go back to it and you're like, I don't know if I feel that way right now. Um, and Deathloop is one that I went back to and read shortly before we started doing this. And I feel still 100% exactly how I felt about it. But I've also been thinking a lot about it since. And I think that's a mark of a good game. And if you are if you go to gameswell.com, you'll read a, you can read my entry for why, um, for game of the year and, and announcing it as Deathloop and also some of my reasoning. And I'm going to parrot some of what I said um, in that because there's only so many times that you can talk about a thing before you're just saying the same thing again. But I think what is really interesting to me and the way I frame my kind of reasoning and thinking for and our reasoning and thinking as a team for why it it is game of the year I framed it as a magic trick um and the idea of it being magic tricks are incredible right like it doesn't matter who you are um you can be an adult you can be a child you can be somewhere in between you could be you know any level of cynical Magic tricks have this unique ability of just tearing down any boundaries. Like you, you watch a magic trick and it inspires a childlike awe. Like even I say, like even the most stoic people, they they kind of break down in front of a magic trick and they need they they're wowed by it, right? And it's mm -hmm. like, wow, this is incredible. That was it is that childlike wonder where you forget all life's worries or you forget the rules of life and the rules of nature for a moment and believe that something truly extraordinary has happened and Deathloop feels like a magic trick is happening in front of your eyes and that's like one of the craziest thing about them because Arcane is constantly doing magic tricks they are the best at pulling off these magic tricks their games feel like these impossible creations where so many the closest like analogy is like the Hitman games like there's a the Hitman games are a lot of moving pieces and parts that come together. And I love that franchise, but there are times where the machinery falls apart and, and like it, there are times where it doesn't feel as elegant and you're kind of like peeking between the, the, the wheels of the machine and, you know, kind of turning things to advantage. Whereas the arcane games, they feel elegant top to bottom. They feel like it, they react to you in every single way and you slowly learn how to kind of like play them. But in the moment they feel like magical worlds and that's how their games have always felt. And that's how they've kind of, the feeling has begun and end. you play a game, you're like, wow, that was magical. And then you move away from it. So the thing that this game does differently is it gives us the second part of the magic trick that we want most, but so very rarely are given because magicians, like to keep their magic secret. And that is like, we ask ourselves after seeing the trick, how did you do that? This is a game about Arcane showing us how they do their magic tricks. They take 
the very design of the game is taking the things that everyone comes to their games for, the immersive worlds, the kind of clockwork nature, the many interlocking mechanics, the stealth, the action, the powers, the guns, the puzzles within puzzles, the, you know, the clockwork mansions, the Jindosh <laughs> locks, that kind of stuff. And it gives it to you piece by piece by piece until you understand it and you build the jigsaw puzzle yourself. And by the time you're done building it, you have this incredible understanding of how they put their world together. And then along with that, they have this time loop mechanic. This, you know, they, they go to pains to not try and pigeonhole their game. And it's easy to understand why. But if we wanted to do that, this kind of roguelike uh, kind of uh, approach to it, the action game, the stealth game, and you pick up the individual pieces of it and you start to put it together and then you're able to look at the whole of it and understand how it, one part connects to the next and how you can best move through it. Um, and in my review, I talked about how I love the Dishonored games, um, but I always felt a sense of FOMO in a lot of regards mm. because I play in a specific way. I play stealth, I play clean hands, never alert anyone, never get caught, never have a body appear anywhere, 100% mm. perfect runs. But because that's my style, I don't get to interface with a lot of cool elements of the games, be they guns, be they traps, be they sp supernatural abilities. And that has always been the case with the Dishonored 1, 2, Death of the Outsider, all the DLC, that kind of stuff, even Prey. Um, my playstyle meant I was excluded from a different you know, set of things in the game. Mm -hmm. And Deathloop recognizes that and addresses that with the time loop mechanic in that you can use anything and everything as long as it, because it's all in service of building and understanding so that when the right moment and you're ready to execute on your plan, you can do it the way you wanted it. So my final run through that game was a perfect run where I only killed the visionaries. Mm -hmm. But in order to reach that point, I killed everyone and I felt fine doing it because it was a case of understanding more than actually having that impact the world. The reset on the world was me being absolved of my gaming sins on a loop. And that meant that I could do things like shoot enemies, which I wouldn't do in Dishonored or Dishonored 2 or Prey, because I knew that me shooting that enemy would have no further consequences outside of this run, but I would be enriched by the knowledge of what happens. So by the time I was done with all the games, all the all the loops, and I went on that final loop, it was just a pure target-only assassination run. And when I was done, I felt good. I felt like the way I did when I finished Dishonored 1, 2 in DLC, having done a full clean hands, perfect run. And that is like, as an achievement, is unbelievable. Like that is an amazing feeling to as as a fan of their games and as a design feat is just incredible. I think in a way to take what you just said there and to kind of put it towards another point about why I think Deathloop is so special is that it really respects the player in a way that a lot of other games don't. Like it respects the player. Like the handholding to get you up to speed with how the game works, they they show you a lot in the early hours and then they trust the player to be able to take all those concepts, take those mechanics and then form and forge their own path. Like they trust the player in order to, if they want to explore, they encourage that exploration. And part of it is, as you were saying with like combat, you feel like 
you're not pigeonholed into being, oh, I you clean hands ghost. I can, you know, in one loop or even in, it just in one district at one time of day, I can go all guns blazing and then the next I can sneak through. And at no point does the game ever penalize you for that. The game encourages this exploration and experimentation. And ultimately the way that it also really respects the player is that at no point does anything ever feel wasted. There are always, there's always a chance. Like there's there's another slab to find. There is another lead to follow. There's another weapon to get. And then the way that you, your actions, um, you know, you can then infuse those things and take them with you and build a bigger, better, more powerful cult to take into the next loop. I think it's just endlessly rewarding. And so, yeah, you have this end goal of defeating all the visionaries and breaking the loop. And like, that's the main thing you've been told to do throughout the whole thing. But also you have just so much more to do. And like, there are Mm. puzzles in there that are fun to explore, but you can totally ignore them if you choose to. And it's just endlessly rewarding. Yeah, and I think that one thing that is perhaps a tangent, but like Arcane is a studio that's always been punching above its weight. Um, Hmm. It's easy to forget because they're owned by Bethesda and now Microsoft. It feels like they're a massive team and they have two studios, uh, Lyon and and Austin, and, you know, they collaborate. But like they're not a massive team. It's not a, relatively speaking, compared to a lot of other AAA games, their team is, relatively speaking, Smaller, much, much smaller, but they, it never feels like that. They make games that are never, they never feel like a, you know, anything less than a triple A experience. And that is because they understand their own identity and they have distinguished themselves with that identity. You can look at an arcane game and identify it as an arcane game based on the way the world looks, the way the game feels, the way it sounds, the way it's written. And that's an incredible achievement for that studio. Like there is small team punching above their weight. And because of that, you have to also really respect the economy of design in this game. Like it is clearly, if you're being cynical, the most cynical approach to 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 it is it's reusing assets over and over again. Like there's a certain amount of things that they created and then you go through it ad nauseum until you're ready to complete the game. And maybe compared to another AAA game, it's a small amount, but it never feels like that. There are games where you play, where I have definitely played a game for the first time and wandered down a corridor for the second time. And my mind has registered it as like, this is a copy and paste, or this is a reuse from this this mission. And it pulls me out of the game or the experience briefly. That never happened with Dishonored. Dishonored, uh, not Dishonored, uh, with Death. That never happened with Deathloop. The entire time I felt engaged, immersed. And that is a, again, another part of a trick. It's a sleight of hand. Maybe that's the right word for it. Like it's a sleight of hand where um, part of the trick being you are going through the same areas over and over again. But the misdirections are constantly happening, so you never pay attention to it. You're always looking at something else. You might be in that same room, but this time you're there for another reason, or you have another objective, or you're trying to learn something different. And because of that, you go through the same areas over and over again, and each time it feels fresh, it feels relevant, it never feels wasted. Like I said, there's an economy of design that is truly like exceptional and to be lauded. And the fact that it happens on such a scale is very, very, very impressive. Yeah. And it, and it's also, I mean, the way that Arcane keeps pushing themselves with like each new game has something just, you know, 
they they take that formula and they just build on it and just make something even better. And so I think one of the things that I particularly love most about Deathloop is the fact that, you know, instead of having this kind of uh, quiet protagonist that you kind of pour yourself into, I mean, Emily and Corvo eventually would have a few lines, but never anything sort of meaningful, no real big, powerful personality that you could be like, oh yeah, that's an Emily line or that's a Corvo line. It's like, I felt like Colt was a person and I thought the writing was so sharp and so funny and it was so clever the fact that he and Juliana would would be like pretty pretty much the only people who would remember things across loops and seeing the way that their relationship would grow the way they would talk to each other and the way that they had this playful cat and mouse and that was what drew me uh, through the story and like if ever I felt like I would you know, go off the beaten track a little bit too much and maybe not devote as many loops to uh, to actually the story, that would be the thing that would bring me back to it. And I I loved those characters so, so much. And, like, even, even the visionaries, like, they're all god-awful people, but, you know, Alexis Dorsey, I just, you know, I love to hate him. And I think it's it's been a real triumph for them in terms of, in terms of writing, mm. so. Yeah, the characterization, like, a lot of it, is subtle and a lot of it is overt and I think it works on multiple levels on a subtlety level like the lines that are happening in between loops and during loops that give this the relationship between them nuance and history without playing their hand and showing their hand and and revealing too much um the the kind of thread of who they are and what they mean to each other is something that they kind of use string you along through the entire game and there is an art to giving you just enough to keep you on the hook and they pretty much nail it here that's the subtle stuff and then the overt stuff is something that i think deserves to be uh, recognized is the representation of it um that is involved like colt and juliana are black characters and obviously we are not the people to 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 kind of speak at length about this there are various um people out there and there's been a lot of writing and videos to discuss the importance of it but we'd be remiss if we didn't actually point it out and say that that factored into our decision and the reason it factored in was because not only was there representation but it felt so effortless and it felt natural which wouldn't have been the case like it, this is something probably they they worked so hard on but it felt so good it felt so right and it's a game that is more than just black in its protagonist it's a game that is black in music in design in aesthetic it's a lot of cold black culture is in there again i'm not the person to tell you what is and isn't i can only tell you how i how it felt i can tell you who from the people i've spoken to that generally there's an authenticity that everyone keeps bringing up and there's a a very naturalness to it and it's not used as a bullet point it's not used as a marketing beat or a promotional thing it just is and it feels natural it feels that's just the way these characters are they speak this way this is who they are and these are the people they have always been and that is the the overt part of it and and that is like so so like encouraging to see it's it's been powerful and and i know that a lot of people are going to have appreciated that i certainly did um and i guess moving on from that the one thing i wanted to kind of hit upon is this is a game that i feel arcane knows is not for everyone like and that is kind of something that they factored into design and and having spoken to them, um, they knew that not everyone's going to love it. Uh, not everyone's going to 
feel the way we feel about it. And it is going to be a divisive game. And for Arcane, in speaking to Dinga, the, the director, and Sebastian, and, and Dana, and various other people who worked on the game, um, they just wanted a few people to like it. They just wanted it to connect with a certain amount of people. And if that was the case, that is um, good enough for them. And it definitely did. And the thing I'll say is, you might be out there thinking, how did this game win game of the year? It's, it's, it is divisive. But I'd ask you to remember that all the most divisive games are usually the ones that have the most impact and are remembered as being landmark moments. For me, the thing that made me fight for it is like thinking back to other games that I felt were divisive and the impact they've had on my life. Stuff like Sekiro, stuff like Demon Souls, you know, stuff like Breath of the Wild is a divisive game. You might think, no, it isn't, but yes, it is. There was a time when people said, this game is weird and it doesn't make any sense. An open world Zelda game, that's not what Zelda is. And it is one of the greatest games of all time. There was a time when people said, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, too hard, not, you know, or, or like unplayable for the average gamer. People really did not like those experiences and look what they have become. So yeah, Deathloop is divisive. Maybe you don't like it, but I feel like it's a landmark moment. And I said this in my write-up, but Deathloop is also a template, a lesson, a masterclass on how to design an arcane game. And you might think, why would people want to know that? And the reason people would want to know that is because no other developer comes close to making immersive sims the way that Arcane does. They're untouchable. And they're not hiding the secrets of that magic anymore. They are showing you how to do it. And that is what Deathloop is. And I feel like going forward, there are going to be designers, developers that are empowered by playing this game. And the industry is going to be better off because of that. Couldn't agree more. Well, there you have it. That's why we chose Deathloop as our game of the year. Um, but Tam, uh, if folks want to read your review, read your write-ups, where should they go? Where can they find you? They should go to GameSpot.com. You can find my review there, which I go in depth about uh, why I liked Deathloop and and the, the score is there. It's a 10 out of 10. There's also a video review on YouTube.com forward slash GameSpot. If you want more recent, if you just go to the homepage, you'll probably find uh, the best of category or it should be on the homepage for quite some time. You can read a kind of reflection on Deathloop some many, many months later um, and ultimately why uh, a kind of justification and explanation for why we felt it was ultimately game of the year for 2021 and you can find me on twitter at tomor h you can find me on twitter at lucy james games i cut that video review so some of that gameplay is mine if you want to go judge it um a lot of it is terms as well uh thank you so much for watching uh we have all of our kind of best of the year lists up so best xbox games we have best playstation nintendo pc as well as our overall 10 best games of 2021 right here on GameSpot. Thanks for watching. See you in 2022.